You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. I'm Phil, and today I am really excited to be joined by my friend, Kelly Vanderwoudy. Now, we met many years ago, and it was a really great to reconnect as we talk about his book, The Honesty of Lamentations. Now, before digging into our conversation, I just want to share with you a couple of things that we have going on here at Rua Space. First, we now offer spiritual direction, which is a one-on-one space where we explore your story and the movement and the speaking of God in your life. And I've seen amazing change in people, friends, related to marriage, to work, to people's prayer life, to meditation, to all of it. And so whether you're new to the journey or you've been on it a long time, this is a great space to explore how you can go deeper, to explore the invitations of God and how to experience and connect with God on a more regular basis. So you can find a link in the description below to set up a free call where we can talk about if that would be right for you. Also friends, you can find a link to our Patreon page in the description below. This is a space where for a few dollars a month, you not only help support the ministry and the podcast, but gain access to some really cool exclusive content, including monthly live events, guided practices. We have a prayer series. We've gone through Psalm 23, Revelation, and much more. So if you're enjoying these episodes, friends, we would love if you would consider joining us and supporting us on Patreon. But friends, without further ado, let's jump into my interview with Kelly Vanderwoudy. Kelly, welcome to the Rua Space podcast. It's been yeah. a number of years since I've seen you, so it's great to see you again, uh, well. quote unquote, in the flesh. <laughs> right. right, right. What would we do without technology? I know, I know. The, the, the blessing of it and all the other craziness that comes along with it. So Kelly, for those who are listening to this, some of them may know you because they know you or me and therefore kind of know that connection from Seattle and, and all that good stuff. But share a little bit about who you are and what you are up to these days. Yeah, so I'm a pastor of Emmanuel Christian Reformed Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. We moved here, uh, my, my wife and our kids, my wife, Michelle, we have two kids, Lucas, who's 13, and daughter, TJ, who is 13. We moved from Iowa, where I had served church uh, since 2012. That was my first charge. So we left Washington, Seattle area, uh, in 12, and uh, um, Ames, Iowa, for six years, and served there, and uh, uh, felt it was time to come to take a different call. And so Fort Collins came a calling, and, and for us, it's, it was great to get back to the mountains and um, although it's miss the ocean but uh, at least we have some mountains and today as i you know snow which you know we get in either iowa or washington but uh yeah serving a church here and uh love the community love the people love the church and, yeah. and, you, and you've been doing some writing you have a couple books out now right, right. there's the second one on its way out oh no no i have two so uh, a number of years ago i started blogging uh, through the Psalms, which is a way to encourage youth to dive into the word and to not only dive into the word, uh, but wrestle with it. So I had back, I think it was about 2014, I started blogging uh, once a week through the Psalms and uh, giving context, backstory, and then inviting them to, to dialogue. So asking three questions. Um, and then when that was coming to an end, uh, people started harassing me to see if I could get it into a book. And 
um, whatever God is doing. Um, he decided to bless that and it became a book. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then uh, this November, my second book on Lamentations came out. And it was kind of the same process of just um, blogging through it. It, it originally... <laughs> I get teased a little bit because when I first moved to, to Fort Collins here, my first sermon series was on Lamentations. So I don't know what in the world I was doing. Um, <laughs> and people said, we actually stay regardless of you preaching through this, this atrocious, horribly hard book of Lamentations, <laughs> even though I only did, did it in five weeks. And then uh, when I was looking to, to do a different blog, um, I, I gave people you know, those who follow my blog some options and people wanted lamentations. And so then I, I, I actually broke, chunked that up to more um, tangible readings or, or conversations. Um, and then people then started harassing me about book. And, and plus when you write a book, people, you know, my editor and everybody started asking, what's your next book going to be? And I was like, I can't even think about a second book. This first book was, was us to begin with. And then this clearly became, um, the focus of a book number two. So. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's, you know, something stands out to me because I also have been preaching through some different series and I would see the books that you had coming out. And one of the things that immediately grips me and you're either going to say, yes, that is absolutely on par. Or you're going to say, no, nothing to do with it. But to me, one of the things common to both Psalms and Lamentations is they're just getting at the depth of human right. emotion. Oh, absolutely. It is just inviting us to all the feels. Absolutely. And, and at least with, with the Psalms, you have joy and you have grief and you have sadness and you have expectation and um, lamentations. Um, hope is there if you look hard enough and, and, you, and you take your time through it and, and you begin to have more grief and sadness and anger and and of a question of are you even there Am I, do i even matter to you god um what, what's going to happen and so you don't get that through through the psalms but lamentations definitely allows you to have those those conversations and well hopefully allows you to have those conversations i at least argue that it does yeah well and i think it's something that is often missed in our western protestant tradition is feeling i i don't feel like is always honored all that well we like to speak a lot to the mind we you know having the right theology and the right beliefs but i don't know if we all know how to grieve that well how to lament or or sometimes even how to feel the great ones like like joy and hope um and i'm not you know of course that's that's a very broad statement but i think in general entering deeper into some of these things might really enhance our faith if we can learn how to enter into them in relationship to god yes yeah, so i think you i think you hit up on on two different things i think there's one is this lack of, of context and understanding from lamentations that we just miss. And so by failure to, to step into the writer's space, you know, we, we miss, we miss that. But I think, so that's, I think half the problem. The other half the problem is um, as you mentioned, we have in the Western world, an understanding of what we can and can't do what we should and shouldn't be. And then I think we can even bifurcate that into how does our relationship with God work and look? So that's one conversation. And then the other part of that conversation then is what am I allowed to feel or be, or how should I be within our cultural context? And so um, I can't be 
emotional, you know, and, and, and I think even, even that, even there, you know, as a white male, um, there's a space that I can, I cannot do things or, or be, or, and I can't be angry or I can't, you know, there's a whole host of rabbit trail conversations of cultural, our own context that we have to have that says we can and cannot do or be, or, or have certain feelings. And then there's the feeling of wherever it came from. And I don't even know where it came from that says that I can't lament to God or I can't question God or wonder who God is or why he's doing those things and or why am I in this space and um for whatever reason that's just become the narrative of the western world of of everything has to look pretty and good and clean and and um you know I I'm preaching through through Mark at the church and even this yesterday uh it was this uh conversation of how we have to have as a Christian, our things in order, right? We have to, the image we convey um, to the, to the rest of the church or to the rest of the world and all those other things. And, and um, you know, those, those are negative things that hinder what a true authentic relationship with God looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sort of this idea that God is God too small to handle right. it right if we're if we're angry is god now going to be angry at us you know if everything right. isn't wrapped up in a tight bow and and i mean that's why i actually kind of like how the book of lamentations ends we we, we'll, we can go back to the beginning but it just ends on <laughs> on a question i mean right. in, the, in the niv it just says you lord reign forever your throne endures from generation to generation and and you're like oh great let's end it there except it keeps going and it says why do you always forget us why do you forsake right. us so long restore us to your Self, Lord, that we may return, renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and are right. angry with us beyond measure. End of book. <laughs> Mic drop, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not how we would think a book of the Bible is supposed to end. Um, right. Well, God, do this unless you've forgotten us. Right. Right. <laughs> that's it. And 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 I think that's part of that's part of the avoidance that we have with books like Lamentations, where where it just makes us uncomfortable, or we just don't even know, we don't even know what to do or where to go. And, and maybe part of that is, is on uh, us pastors for not preaching it enough. I mean, we, we are Pauline people. We want Paul. We want the New Testament. We want all those great application. I, I want to feel good at the end of the day. And, um, you know, it, I think that's also why so many people and churches don't want to do like a longest night service, you know, a grief mm -hmm. service. Um, and are uncomfortable in those spaces. It's it's because we haven't allowed those spaces. And uh, and and again, I think maybe some of that as well comes to um, being white. Um, our our history is not in um, oppression and and those types of situations. So you know, when I spent uh, nine ten months at an inner city black church, it was a whole unique experience to me as to um, what does it look like to not only approach God differently, but to, um, to walk with one another in those, in those, in life, you know, because everything that I would grew up in the white churches is, is you do, you come in and you drop your bags before you come into church and you look all pretty and nice and everything uh, is, is great. Um, and you're, is in order. Um, but you know, if, if somebody is grieving or sad or broken or hurting, 
um, a lot of times we don't want to touch that. And even from a, from a Dutch person, um, you know, when I was in seminary, I, I took a, a class and we had to do some, um, some family line tracing and, and about cultures. And it's apparently it's very Dutch to say, um, I will help you. I will, I will give you the shirt off my back. You tell me whatever you need. Tell me your de- deepest, darkest secrets, but I will refuse to share with you mine. Um, and so that's just, you know, the way that we were raised or the way that I was raised. And it was completely different at this other church. And it was a blessing and it was fantastic. Um, and, and so I think part of that just speaks to why maybe we, we don't want to sit with the, the lamentations, especially if there's a conversation to say, now sit with your own grief. Now sit with your own space and sit with God and ask him those tough questions. Yeah. And, and in which case answers may not come, which, <laughs> which, which is hard, right? Because we also, I think, you know, and, and it's easy to dog on the difficult things, right? But, you know, one of the things also is we, we like to have answers. And I, and I think that isn't just in the church. I think that's a whole modernity thing of, of enlightenment and science and such that we think we can sort of figure everything out. Right. And sometimes like this book shows, the answer may not come right away. Now, of course, one of the things I love about, and you can sort of take us into this is, is we do end up getting an answer to this question. Right. Oh yeah. That question may not come, or that answer may not come right away. We may have to sit with the difficulty for a while. And that doesn't mean we failed. Right. Right. And I think what's, what's difficult about the book of Lamentations, and, and, which is painful, is that they know the answer. They were told time and time again, you know, you think of a parent, there's consequences to your things. And that's just how Israel or, or Jerusalem w- was told is this is what this relationship is supposed to look like. And so part of the painfulness when you read Lamentations is this utter amazement that they just don't get it. Like, you know why you're here. You know why you've been sacked by uh, by the Babylonians. You know why there's just a remnant left of you in this, in this southern kingdom and, and everybody else has been carried off. It's because you are horrible at keeping covenant with God. And so the painful thing as I was, you know, reading through Lamentations time and time again and, and, and writing is, is part of that that space is to actually sit and go, wow, I'm a horrible person, or I have done this and I need to sit with this. You know, it's, it's not like God is just up there, you know, just saying, okay, it's your turn and your turn. And I'm just going to be zapping bolts down and smiting you. There's, you know, there, there's a space where we have to sit in and, and recognize our brokenness, our sinfulness, how we've treated other people, how we've treated God. Um, and healing actually can't, I don't know if you could say it can't begin, but healing only really comes when you sit in that brokenness and, and recognize, wow, what have I done? It's, it's that whole understanding of you don't recognize you need a savior until you recognize you need to be saved. Yeah, well, and for them, you know, just as you started to mention them being sacked by the Babylonians, you know, if you read through Lamentations, understanding that the destruction of the temple that was everything to them. That's where God dwelled. So this was, right. you know, this was the complete and utter, um, you, know, it, you know, we've been, you know, through COVID, re- you know, now we're still going through it. So whenever you're listening to this, you'll sort of get what it means for there to be some sort of upturning. But truly, in relation to what they were going through, the upheaval we've experienced is still only a percentage, I would say, right. of what that was to those people at that time. So this was just utter desolation and loss. 
And as you're saying, to realize that part of it had been brought on because they had refused to live in it. They'd refused right. to live with justice and mercy and grace and goodness. And right. one of the things you, you mentioned in the book is, I'm struck by the fact that God had removed from the picture the very things upon which Judah had built her hope, her image, her love, and her desire. Can you take us into that? Yeah, I mean, they had put everything else above God. And so it, became, it becomes this stripping away of, of that which we, we, we put uh, before that which should be before us. And so, um, yeah, exactly right. The temple was, it was everything. It was the, it was the meeting place. It was the, the very presence of God. It, it was their hope. You know, we can read throughout the Psalms, the, the meaning of the temple and the worship and, and, and the hope that it had. And um, for them, it was that visual thing. And so to, to, to strip that away um, had to have been devastating because even when they strayed so far away from God and broke every part of the covenant and every law that they had and, and mistreated people, um, not only themselves, but their, their, their neighbors, um, there was still, I mean, even when they started idol worshiping and, and, uh, and doing this wide out in the open and, and living all this sinful life, there was still the temple there that was still this reminder that I am God's chosen people and that God is still here. Um, and so to, to strip the temple away was the last remaining visual thing of, of God's not only presence, but his blessing and his love and his covenant to them. Um, and, and again, I think you can go down some really interesting conversations of, of what was this an opportunity for God to say, I am, I'm more than this temple and our relationship is, is more than this temple. I mean, it, it had been for so long, but yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we can, we can start to sort of separate here. And I think having both conversations is worthwhile. On the one hand, sometimes we find ourselves in lamentable painful, difficult situations because of something we've done, right? And there's real right. life consequences to that. Right. And we then have to walk through that. I'm sure we've all experienced that in our lives from the small things to the large things. We've all sort of done something that we later can look back on and say, oh, like I led myself here. Right. But there's also the lament that comes from, and well, and, and, and the questions raised there is, can I be forgiven? Is God still right, with me right. even when I messed up? But there's also then the other side of, man, I'm lamenting and it feels like everything's destroyed. And I don't feel like it's my own actions that have brought right. me here, right? Someone got cancer and died. We are in a tragic car accident, right? Th things, things happen and everything falls apart and it raises a set of questions. So to sort of talk about both, I think, let's, let's start with the one of- right. In, in this case, they had done a lot and sort of the destruction is coming and it's, it's very much related in how they're expressing it to what they have done. And I think it raises the question, has God abandoned them? Is it too late? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and clearly it's not because all this is going on and, you know, we affirm that God never does abandon or forsaken. Um, and he says that you will always be my children. Um, now, clearly, there's different covenants, speaking of how one should act and not act. And, um, and like you said, I mean, there, there is there's there's two different conversations that we can have is, is 
what are the things that I've done to myself that I need to fess up and, you know, focus on? And, and what are those things that are outside of my control or external of me, like cancer, like losing a job or, or my house or uh, a loved one? Um, but they're all under that, that understanding of in those situations, we can and should still have this relationship with God and, and be able to lament and, and grieve those um, and express those, not just internalize them. Um, and so what's really interesting, too, about Lamentations is it's not just like the Psalms, which is just this kind of outpouring of, of, a, um, of an emotion. I always picture the Psalms as like a diary, right? It's just David's just writing or, or here's a song, but, but it's just this, this simple little thing. Lamentations very much feels like this like this courtroom setting and, and, um, and is more of a dialogue and more of a, um, even though they feel like they're not getting any answers, it's, it's more of this demand of, of things. And, and um, can we have those in those situations, regardless if it's internal or an external situation and, and we can, and we should. And, and so, you know, the, the invitation to just express those and, and, uh, you know, is, is so much of what lamentations really is. Yeah, it, it, it takes me to Easter and, you know, we have Good Friday and then we have Sunday and Resurrection, right? But there's right. the Saturday in between that we like right. to skip over. Right. And, you know, when you read the gospel accounts, people say things like, I, we had hoped he was the Messiah, right? And right. like people had somewhere right. lost hope. They don't, they don't know Sunday has come or is coming. Right. And we so know the rest of the story. Right. Yeah. We, we know the last page, but they were living through it. And I think that's why Lamentations ends on that question. And I think it is an invitation, even though we know there's resurrection and the tomb is empty, not to jump there in our places right. of grief and lament. Right. And that's the beauty of Advent. That's the beauty of Good Friday. Um, and, and as you said, Saturday is to sit in those moments and put yourself in those places where you don't know the amen, right? You don't know there's a second Advent that will come at some point. You don't know, um, like in Advent, th there's always been this hope of a Messiah and, and putting ourselves into what would it look like for us to live in a world where we hope someday or or to uh, long for one day but to sit in our own brokenness what does it mean to sit at the cross and recognize that everything i had put my hope in is is dead even through this understanding of yeah they completely they didn't they didn't get it at all they they thought he was some human going to overthrow the king and set in this new things as opposed to god's understanding and christ's understanding of, of truly what he will do and 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 proclaims to do but to sit in those those spaces as, you know, the woman, uh, the personified woman in in uh, in Jerusalem here, um, or or you know the man who's walking, or uh, Mary who's who's run to the tomb and is so grief stricken that her 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 hope, um, his body is gone. What have you done done with him? She doesn't even want to look up at Jesus. Or or the men walking on the road, uh, who who are completely blind to who Jesus has returned uh, as and uh, you know just sharing everything that they're feeling or you know Peter running or or I think it was yeah Peter running or John running and and just all these emotions you know we again coming back to the original conversation how often do we sit with our emotions and allow our our emotions to be um, we don't yeah and and to 
And, and that's what stands out to me then about Lamentations is they're asking the question, God, have you abandoned me? And maybe on some sense, even asking God, are you there at all? Yet they're still praying. <laughs> so they're, yeah. <laughs> they're still offering it up. And so I think sometimes we get the idea if God is too small or God can't handle it, then we don't express it to God and then we don't express it to ourselves. And there's almost this, right. yes, bring it all. Can, like right. God, I feel like God is just asking us, continue to bring it. Just don't right. walk away and shut it all up inside. And so sitting with our own pain, but then it also sort of extends to sitting with the pain of others. And so right. um, what, how have you seen, how, how have people that either you, you yourself or others, what does it look like to grieve and lament well? Yeah. Wow. That's a great question. And I think, I think, I think part of it is just being, uh, grieving well is just a- allowing you to feel what you feel. I mean, um, I said it through throughout the Psalms and, and even when preaching through Lamentations and, and, and I think in the book as well is, is we have to allow the, the, the writer to be who they're being. We can't insert ourselves and have any expression. You know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 137 and people, when they read it, look at me and go, what in the world? Cause it's the one about, you know, they're on the road and their families have been devastated and their children have been murdered. And, and here their captive, uh, their captors are, are wanting them to pick up your harp and play us a little ditty. And, and, you know, and, and their comment is, you know, uh, because that was a sign of happiness, right? So their comment is how it ends is happiness is taking your kids and dashing their heads against the rocks. And, and what I like about that Psalm is the honesty of it. Like as a father, if someone were to harm my children, if I'm going to be honest, payback looks pretty stinking good to me. And, and, and so allowing, you know, we, we live in, in a foot here on earth and a foot here in the hope of, 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 of eternity. And so I think lamenting well means that I can still, I can have my hope, but I can still sit where I'm hurting and, and allow those conversations to be. And uh, so I think we first have to allow ourselves to actually own our emotions and and allow that to be my emotion nobody knows how i feel but but myself and so not only do we have to approach hard text and scripture about that we also have to allow that within our own space but then as you even mentioned we have to allow that space for other people too um, i can't understand phil what you've gone through or, or the spaces that you've been or the journey that you've been but what i can do is i can sit with you and 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 allow you to feel what you feel and not try to change you. I can help remind you of, of a joy or a hope, but that's got to be a journey that, that I can't force you on. And so I think lamenting well um, has to just be this complete for us, a change in our understanding of not only our relationship with God, but our own relationship with ourselves uh, and allowing feelings to be, and then entering that in with other people. So it's, it's this trifecta, I think, mm-hmm thing that needs to take place yeah we can we can sit with people and not try to force them to sunday right not try to jump to the answers you know i sometimes wish well no i don't wish this in reality but hypothetically <laughs> i wish the book of job ended when job's friends just came and sat with him like, right like if, they, if they just would have said nothing <laughs> that would right. have been so much better to sort of sit in their grief now obviously it's a wisdom book so we appreciate all of that right. but um or just, or just showed up and just dropped some curse word as they sit down and then they just allow it to be, right? Yeah. That's the reality of, of life. Yeah. Say, here, here's yeah. some candy. Here's a piece of chocolate. Being with them in it, giving them that space. Absolutely. 
And, and I think then the next realization is focusing in on the little bit of hope that is in there. And I think the, the, the translation as you had it said in verse, or sorry, chapter three, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I think that that has changed, you know, whenever we've gone through grief and difficult times, and, and we had to learn this, it wasn't immediately available. It was returning to the fact that God is faithfully in it with us, whether we have royally messed up or something really horrible has happened to us. There's this great news, even if we don't feel it right away, even if right. we can't totally make sense of it, that God is with us in it. God is right. close. Right. And, and that was, a you know, as you read Lamentations, that's that's a journey that they're on because you know the even even the um the person who's walking through the city and and having these conversations you know they they're on it so there's a few different journeys that are kind of going on here there's the woman and the man and they're on different journeys and they speak at different times and and you know at the beginning um the man as he's walking through the city you know he's in a in a space of you know how could you do this and why can't you see this and and they move to a, a different place later on because at some point they actually do just sit with the person, with the woman, and allow her grief to be. But at the beginning, that's not where they were. They were they were in a completely different place. And so, you know, Jeremiah is is he is he on a journey himself? Absolutely, because he's known the places they've they've been, but um, he comes to 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 get it and and to to wonder as well. And yeah, there's, there's mercy and grace on the journey. We, we haven't yet arrived. And right. I think that was one of the, one of the most insightful, well, not, yeah, one of the most insightful things I remember from a speech that one, a pastor gave once is he said, you know, you can't take people from A to Z. And he goes, we get really upset at ourselves and at other people when we want them to go from A to Z, but it's, you can only go from A to B and from B to right. C and C to D and we may never arrive at Z, this, this side right. of resurrection. And so right. mercy and grace for ourselves as well as others and knowing just that God is so close in the midst of all of it. You know, how, how have you in, in times of difficulty for yourself or, or with the church, you know, here we have just going through COVID and all the issues that that brought up. How do you sort of remind yourself of God's closeness when you're not feeling it, when you're in the midst of that grief? Oh, Wow. A great question um and i know you you know it's a great question you asked it um wow i don't i don't know how to answer that question um i mean coming out of covid especially from a church setting there's definitely been this recognized you know because we were we went initially what was it 2020 we went from march to to august before meeting in person. And we definitely um, had to refocus on, on how do you connect with people? Um, because what also was difficult during that time for us, uh, now that I think about it, is we lost five people, um, not because of COVID, because of cancer or old age, um, mainly old age. and. Um, really this, this recognition of not only how connected we are 
but how much of a family we really are and how much we long to to be in the presence of one another. Um, and so even with that being said, I, I think about the the temple, you know, and, and it being gone and that reminder of, you know, am I alone? Am I am I still here? And what does it mean to connect not only to God, but with other people? Um, and we definitely, yeah, we definitely felt that and and grieved that through th- through COVID. Um, and we still are, we still don't have people returning to church. We still have people Zooming um, just because of health issues. And, you know, for us at our church, we're still, we're still in a mask mandate and we're not doing coffee and food after church and um, churches changed, but, and we're still grieving that and we're lamenting that. Um, but through, through that process too, is, is you can't, I, I think the difficulty is, is we're, we're so polar. We're either really happy or really sad. And so how do you find that middle ground of, of hope in the midst of, of despair? You know, it's kind of like, there's a beauty in death and the beauty in death in our own grief and death is that it, it is painful, but it is joyful, right? I, I use the word it's twizzled, you know, like a twizzler, how it's going to wrap together yeah. in, in, in those situations, especially with grief is, is we, we walk in this twizzled um, space as we have these range of emotions and the, the beauty of, of sadness, of deep sadness and, and death is that we loved and cared so well that they meant so much that it that it hurt. And yet while they were here, it was a blessing and it was a joy. And, and I have so many memories. Um, and so we're, we're, we're kind of experiencing that through COVID and, and the church and, and God's presence is we can't have hope if we didn't if we don't know what hope is. We have no hope if, if we don't know that there's something better for us. And so if we're just, if, if there's nothing for us on the other side, then what we're, we're actually at is just this place of deep despair where there, there is, there's nothing beyond this. It's just me at some point saying, I give up, I toss my hands, I'm just going to move on and I'm not going to care anymore. Um, but, but the point of caring and loving and hoping is, is that goodness through, through the, the badness. And so for the church, as we've been going through COVID and wearing masks and not being able to see people's faces or, or give a smile, um, there has to be more intentionality in, re- in relationships and, and touching people. And, um, and even then, you know, you don't, don't touch too much because you might get sick. And um, I'm, yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I, I think you've touched on something really, really important there. And that maybe one of the greatest places we are reminded of God's love is in community with others. Right. It can be a place of great pain as well, right? We all have church right. stories of right. hurt and things, but also without it, you know, I think our our grief wants to push us to isolation, right? To a dark room, to be by ourselves. And maybe what we need the most in those times is the body of Christ, is the reminder that we aren't alone. It is the reminder of community that we're made in the image of a God who's community. Right. So God is never by God's self, you know, if you think Trinitarian uh, right. ways. And so we can remind one another, I guess, of that, with that presence, with that love, with just being. Right. And, and I think my hope through all of this as well is that um, we, can, we can recognize the same hope that we have in the same space that we've been, even though we're all experiencing it somehow differently. You know, for, for my family, um, when COVID hit, it, it was a blessing. Um, we weren't spending money on gas. We weren't spending as much on groceries because we were trying to just 
um, mm-hmm. conserve more. We spent more time together, which was great for us. You know, it hurt some families, but it was good for us. Um, but but even even so, we can as a church can still come together and we can lament together and be um, recognizing uh, the same space we we sit together as opposed to. You know, as our church and other churches, the political divisions and the, the, the space of science and what I think this is or this is, and I'm angry here and you're angry here. And we can't sit uh, and recognize that we can have differences of, of things and yet still lament those, the brokenness and hope for the hope we still wait for. Mm. Part of that journey. Yeah. The, the, and, and, you know, the for, blessing and difficulty of community. <laughs> yeah. Again, as I, as I, I, I mentioned, church would be so much easier without people in it, but we wouldn't be the church. Yeah, we wouldn't be, be we wouldn't be the very thing Christ died for. Yeah. We need one another. Yeah. Oh, Even man. though we all stink, <laughs> we're, all, we're all horrible. <laughs> but God still loves us. And but God is faithful. Babies. That's right. Absolutely. Oh man, well, Kelly, you know, we've, we've begun to explore Lamentations a little bit and you, you know, you do even more in your book, but what might be a final word of encouragement or challenge for people in lament or entering into it or getting into their feelings? What might you offer? Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my offering on, on first would just be to, to recognize and sit with wherever you're at and wherever you're at that is okay. And that is good. And that is a, that is a, that is a, a great place to be. Yeah. Um, and, and because we can't, we can't get to the other side. Um, I mean, we can, but part of the journey is to, is to recognize the space we're in. Um, but as, as I, as I say in my book at the very beginning in the introduction, this is a book of hope. Lamentations is a book of hope because where we are is not where we're going to be. And it's a book of hope because we can honestly sit and have the feelings that we feel because our God is bigger than our feelings and our space and has actually done something about it. Even when we can't see it, even when we're confused, even when we're angry, that doesn't negate who God is, the covenant he has made in Christ, the hope that we have in his, in his return um, and the hope that we have because of what he has done. And so even in the darkest of, of darkest spaces we can be, there is always the light of hope, even if it feels like it's a, a, a string of a string of a string that is um, slowly breaking in those spaces, that, that's all. And, and in, in truth, in reality, our, our life as Christians, that's the only thing we have. That's the only real thing, tangible thing that we have is hope. And so darkness comes. We all know it. We all experience it. Um, that's the beauty of, of Psalm 23 as well, is that there is always hope. And, and without it, we are nothing, but with it, we can be wherever we're at and experience whatever we're experiencing. Um, so. Amen. That'll, that'll preach. We're, you're yeah. I should preach there. that. Somewhere. <laughs> There's a uh, sermon in there somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Well, Kelly, where can people go deeper with what you're up to and find your other books? We'll put some links in the description yeah. below. Yeah, so there's there's a few things. Um, I do have a I have a podcast, I have a blog as well. It's called The Simple Preacher. Um, it's on WordPress, Blogspot, whatever. Um, and so I actually podcast my sermons every week, um, but I also have other writings um, that I that I post up there. Some meandering, some other conversations. Um, both my books are on Amazon: uh, The Honesty of Lamentations and The Honesty of the Psalms. I have a YouTube channel called um, 
scripture and sawdust, I think is what it's called. And I do, and I, I go through the Psalms. It's very new. Um, I try to break down the Psalm in, in a minute or less. So I talk as fast as I can. And then I give context and other things as well. And my, my hope is one of my hobbies, I have two, a couple of different hobbies, but one of them is, is actually making sawdust and um, things. And, and so I do it in my garage and I need to start adding like some, some woodworking things in there as Heck well. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, you can, you can find those there and uh, yeah. Excellent. Well, Kelly, thanks so much for taking yeah, thanks, the time bro. to come and it. share about Lamentations, yeah. a book I encourage everyone to dig further into. This is an honor. Great to see you, brother. And you as well. I, I followed you a little bit on, on uh, social media. I, I'm glad you're doing well and uh, en- enjoying Florida as I'm here in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks again. Hey friends, Phil here again. Before you go, I just want to say thank you for joining us in this episode today. You can find links to the different things Kelly talked about at the end of the episode in the description below, as well as Patreon, more about spiritual direction, as well as our Christ-centered yoga memberships, where we combine movement with prayer, with scripture, with breath work, and much more to help connect and integrate our entire beings in worship, and in the present moment. So if you're interested in that, friends, check that out at the link below. And as always, if you have questions, reach out to us at connect at ruaspace.com. Thanks for being with us, friends. Until next time, grace and peace be with you.